Spooky Peeps, it's the first episode of Season 2, Episode 1, The Knockout Kid, which aired on September 15th, 1985. I'm excited to get into this. Welcome to Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. I'm your host, Angela Bowen. Well, like I said, welcome to a brand new season of Punky Brewster and Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast, as I said already today we're rolling out season two episode one the knockout kid which aired on september 15th 1985 now before we step into the journey of season two i just want to give a thank you to those listeners out there the ones that have been listening since the beginning and the new listeners that may just be tuning in get ready for a fun-filled season as we see punky henry and her friends navigate some tough waters this season and learn some hard-hitting but valuable lessons about people, friendships, working together, and life in general. Okay, let's take a look at the intro because we've got some new faces added to it now. It's not just Punky and Henry anymore. We get the same aerial shot of Chicago with a different colored font that's the same, and so is the theme song, so that stays the same. We see Punky and Henry from the pilot episode walking separately before they met. Then we see a shot of the sign from Fenster Hall that reads, Open up your heart and become a foster parent. That's nice because Henry is currently a foster parent to Punky. Then we see the scene of Punky saying goodbye to Henry from episode 2 of season 1, Punky Finds a Home Part 2. Then we see George Gaines' name come up and then we see Soleil's where they're talking while she's in her room in her bed. Then we see Punky on Henry's shoulders from Punky Finds a Home Part 3, where he just won temporary custody of her from the judge. Then we also see Henry comforting Punky, maybe when she has to go back to Fenster Hall, I'm not sure. Then she's atop his shoulders as as they enter Wrigley Field for the Cubs' playoff game, which was entitled Take Me Out to the Ball Game. We see them holding hands, walking outside the grocery store, We get a shot of the Christmas photo shoot with a Santa-dressed Brandon licking Punky's face. We see Punky dressed as Indiana Jones and Brandon dressed as Merlin the Magician. We move on to two... We move on to Susie Garrett, who plays Betty Johnson. We see her go to the door, and on her back is a sign that says, Kick Me, from the Walkpool episode in Season 1. Next, we see Cherry Johnson, who plays Cherry Johnson, during the Miss Adorable episode, Squeezing a Cabbage Patch Doll. Next, we move on to T.K. Carter, who plays Mike Fulton, dressed as a general. I think, I think this might be an episode... Uh, from the episode Cheaters Never Win, episode 3 of season 2. The next shot we see is from season 1. Yes, Punky, there's a Santa Claus, as we see Punky, Cherry, and Margo with snowflake cutouts for their play. Punky excitedly jumping up and down, excited for Christmas. Then we see the gang with Henry and Betty on a beach or sandy lakefront. This must be from this new season's the Perils of Punky episode. Then we see a quick shot of Punky dressed again as Indiana Jones. Then we see a final shot of her and Henry on the couch during the season one go to sleep mini episode. Then the theme song closes on a shot of Punky, Henry, and Brandon from the Punky Brewster cartoon. Now we begin the episode with an outside shot of the school. We see Mike as Punky's fourth grade teacher as he addresses the class, asking them if they read their chapter four in their health books last night because he has some questions. 
He asks who wants to go first, and all the hands that shot up in the air quickly slam down on their desks. So when did Mike get a teaching degree? While he was at Fenster? Because he must have had some degree if he was a social worker at Fenster, right? Maybe teaching was a fallback position? I sometimes like to be called on if I know the answer when I was in school. I wasn't a brown nose. I was not a teacher's pet. I just liked it when I occasionally knew the answer to something. It made me feel good inside. Mike goes over and lifts Alan's hand in the air and says, Thanks, Alan. And we see Alan grimacing. He's wearing that dang gray sweatshirt with the cut-off sleeves. Okay, they need to retire that thing. Hasn't he grown out of it yet? I mean, yeah, they did try to dress it up with a white polka dot colored shirt underneath. But let's dress Alan up a bit this season, I hope. He asked the class to tell him what is the name of the human body's largest organ. Uh, the Wurlitzer? Alan guesses. Uh, what? I don't even know what that is. I looked it up. It's a piano. Okay, maybe he thought Mike was referring to a Wurlitzer organ like a piano. I mean, that makes a little sense. He gives the kids a hint. It's the only part of the body to get goosebumps as he demonstrates shivering and holding his arms over his body. Your skin, Punky says, raising her hand in the air. Mike tells her that's correct, and also adds that the skin does more than keep your insides inside. Suddenly, there's a knock at the door, and Mike excitedly excuses himself to go answer it. But he turns around and tells the class they have a very special visitor, a world-famous celebrity. The kids all, ooh, and ah, around the room, wondering who it might be. Mike imitates Howard Cosell, I'm guessing, as he introduces Marvelous Marvin Hagler to the kids. Mike mentions how he's the finest boxer in the world, and this one boy looks at Mike confused. Does he not know what a boxer is? Mike mentions how he's also a middleweight champion of the world. Mike opens the door, and we see this bald African-American man wearing a suit, throwing punches in the air as he comes into the classroom. The kids all cheer. I don't think they even know who he is. Heck, I've never heard of him either, even though I'm not big on sports. I probably wouldn't have heard of him at three years old, which was the age I was the time this episode aired. <clears throat> the kids all greet him as Mr. Hagler and as Mr. Hagler, and he asks them to call him Marvelous, because Mr. Hagler sounds too formal. This guy sounds so cool and awesome, I would have loved someone like him to visit my class as a child. I remember in third grade when the fire truck came and we got to climb on it, and we even got plastic red fireman hats, too. The kids then greet him as Mr. Marvelous. Mike tells the kids that Marvelous is in town training for his next fight. And Marvelous asks if the kids have any questions. He calls on Cherry, who asks what his toughest fight was. He tells her it was when he told his mother he wanted to become a boxer, and the kids all laugh. He then calls on Punky, who asks him where his championship belt is, and Marvelous opens his suit jacket to reveal that he's wearing it. I would have been so in awe of that as we see Punky is as well. Have you ever had someone like that visit your classroom in elementary school or junior high? He jokingly tells them he never leaves home without his championship belt.
I thought that was kind of funny. A boy in the back row tells him that he would like to become a boxer himself when he gets older. And this is where it becomes a teachable moment, or teachable after-school moment, as Marvelous tells the boy, as well as the class, to train the mind, as well as the body. And if you want to train later on, to stay in school and get a good education, which is very important. Mike asks him if Marvelous would say he's the greatest boxer in history. He looks at Mike and tells him how his mother always taught him never to tell a lie. And he smiles up at Mike when he says, Yes, I am. This guy has a great, adorable smile for a grown man, just like a big kid. Mike does a goofy impression of Muhammad Ali and fake punches Marvelous, who laughs and puts Mike in a headlock or a sleeper hold. The kids are getting such a kick out of this and laughing. All right, now it's after class. As we see Mike and Marvelous walk out into the hall, Mike treats him to lunch in the cafeteria, and Marvelous looks at Mike and says, it sounds like a threat. Like, yeah, cafeteria food, bleh. Marvelous smiles at Mike jokingly, and they both walk away as the kids, Punky, Cherry, Margo, and Alan, look on from the doorway. Punky tells them Marvelous sure is a great guy, and the others agree. Alan starts making a boxer, boxer stance and moving around and throwing punches in the air as he turns to the girls and asks if he could make it as a boxer. All right, I wouldn't flat out say no because I wouldn't want to crush his spirits. I say, well, as long as you work at it and are committed, I don't see why not. Mario looks at him and laughs. <laughs> Only in a supermarket. All of a sudden, we see this heavyset bully of a girl, Cherry calls Moose McGurk who wastes no time taking the lunch bag from a young girl, checks it, then gives it back to her and does the same to the boy next to her. So if the lunch is deemed unacceptable or not to her liking, you get to keep it? All right. How convenient she happens to appear when Mike isn't around. The kids cower and hide behind their lockers. I didn't have lockers till middle school. Up until then, it was basically a coat room that I used to store my stuff. She strolls over to them, calling them Hogwarts. Huh? This is Harry Potter? She's supposed to be Crab? Or Goyle? Maybe Malfoy? Who knows? She tells them it's lunch inspection time and for them to get out their lunches. I just realized those four kids together could take her. Just band together. I know I'm technically jumping ahead, but I'm referring to right then in the hallway. What are the bullies in the 80s? Why are they always stereotypically overweight kids, it seems like? She looks at Alan's lunch first, pulling out a sandwich, and asks what it is. Peanut butter and pickle sandwich, he tells her. <laughs> I doubt it. He probably just said that to throw her off. How long is her lunch period? She's wasting time doing this. Lunch will be over, and no one will have eaten yet because she's holding them and herself up. I mean, does she do this every day? She tells him that's disgusting, and he tells her, Sorry, Moose. And she sneers at him, asking him, What did you call me? And he says, Miss Moose. And she tells him to beat it. And he wastes no time hightailing it out of there. She moves on to Margot, who tells Moose that she has a spinach and mushroom quiche. Moose eyes the chocolate pudding, and Margot informs her it's Moose. She asks Margot if she's some kind of toozy good shoes. Don't you mean goody two-shoes? Margot corrects, and Moose tells her also to beat it. Margot runs into the bathroom. Is she going to eat in there? Now Moose goes after Cherry, who's cowering behind her locker door. She pulls Cherry's bag out of her hand, only to find it empty, and she squishes it in her hands. 
Cherry tells Moose that she got hungry on the way to school. Well, Cherry does like to eat, but what is she going to do for the rest of the school day? She'll be starving before too long. She runs into the cafeteria, and Moose finally gets to Punky, asking what she has to eat, and Punky informs her a regular old sandwich as she clutches her lunch bag to her chest. Moose asks what kind. I would have said something gross, I mean. But Punky says, plain old bologna and cheese. That sounds okay to me, but does it have mayo on it? Guys, I want to apologize if I seem like I'm rushing through this a little fast. I really want to get this out today, and I'm, uh, Kind of sort of pressed for time. I mean, I did take notes for like an hour when I got home from work last night. And then I took notes again throughout the day for the last few hours to kind of, you know, get this done. And I really want to get, I said I'd get this out today. I really want to get this out for you guys to be able to listen to today. So forgive me if it seems like I'm speed reading this. I'm trying not to. All right. I, I love Hellman's Mayo over Miracle Whip any day of the week. How about you guys? What are your preferences? That's my favorite, Moose tells her. Mine too, Punky tells her terrified as she holds the lunch bag tighter. Moose tells her to give her the sandwich and Punky tells her that they can split it like a compromise. Which sounds fair to me, though by rights Punky doesn't have to give her anything. Where are the teachers or hall monitors? Are they all in the teacher's lounge or cafeteria? I mean, Cherry and Alan are in there, and so is Mike. Would he wonder where she is? Moose grabs Punky's lunch bag and tells Punky she'll take the whole thing, and then Punky can watch her eat it. Uh, no thanks. Punky flat out tells Moose she shouldn't take people's lunches. She has no right. She puts her right fist right up in Punky's face, then brings out her left. I'd be screaming my holy head off trying to get attention of someone or take off for the cafeteria. Obviously, this girl is a menace to the kids with all the threatening and stealing of lunches. Someone should be doing something. Punky tells her straight out that it's her lunch and it's not nice to steal. Moose starts to mock Punky by repeating her. I hated that as a kid, the shadow game or repeat or whatever, when someone would repeat what you say either you beg them to stop or eventually run away screaming oh did i hate that punky calls moose a jerk and moose repeats it then it dawns on her punky insulted her moose starts shoving punky and she asks her to knock it punky asks her to knock it off moose calls punky a chicken and she continues to push punky backwards towards the bathroom punky actually pushes her hard sending her back a couple feet good for you girl defend yourself Moose looks at her and threatens, You just made the, made the biggest mistake of your life, Gunky, as she pushes her into the bathroom. It looked like she had Punky by one of her pigtails. We hear behind the closed door Punky pleading, then crying out in pain. In today's world, Moose would either be suspended, or better yet, she would most likely be expelled in a no-violence school zone. Now we see, now we're back at the apartment, as we see Brandon on the couch watching a soap opera. Then we hear Betty's voice, and he climbs down to turn off the TV and jumps into a chair. This is a different kind of chair, actually. It's like a salmon or peach color. Punky, or, um, excuse me, Betty comes inside and dressed for playing golf, as she comes in carrying a set of golf clubs, mentioning how she could have sworn she heard the TV on. 
Betty turns around as we see Henry barely able to carry himself through the door, and he complains, telling her next time they'll play fewer holes or he carries fewer clubs. Do they play 18 holes? Yikes, that's too much. I wouldn't even want to do that, and I don't even play golf. The closest I get is mini golf, and I haven't played that since, gosh, maybe 2009? I do have a funny golf story, though. When I was 10, I went golfing with my dad and my uncle and a couple of their friends, and I accidentally ran over my uncle's foot with a golf cart because they were just standing there, and I was just, you know, sitting in the golf cart. I was excited because my dad was kind of letting me drive it, and I think I accidentally put my foot on the gas, and it kind of went forward a little, and my uncle's foot just happened to be there, and I felt really bad. Betty reminds him he should have uh, sprung for a caddy, and he tells her he doesn't throw his money around, and then he tells her if she'd have, she would have gotten in for half price if she'd admitted to being a senior citizen. Heck, I would be racking up the senior citizen perks if I were her. Whatever I could get. I'm still, you know, 30 years away from being considered a senior citizen, but I'll definitely reap those benefits when I'm able to. Betty tells him to forget it. She's not telling anyone her age for a lousy three bucks off. Really, Betty? I mean, come on, three dollars? Even in today's world, I would tell someone my age for three bucks off because three bucks is three bucks. And in this day and age, we need to get it where we can find it when it comes to saving money. Mike rushes into the doorway looking in a panicked state and knocks on the door to get Henry and Betty's attention, telling them there's been an incident at school and Betty starts to freak out thinking it's Cherry. Well, Mike refers to it as an incident, and his tone of voice almost suggests an accident, like someone got hurt, which, of course, they did. I probably would have said a situation or an issue, maybe, so it wouldn't have led to a Betty freakout moment. Mike tells her it wasn't Cherry, and then Punky, or, oh my goodness, guys, and then Henry looks panicked, asking if it's Punky. Mike assures him everything's okay, that Punky was involved in a little fight, and we see poor Punky walk in with a shiner on her eye, really purple, and an ice pack strapped to the top of her head. This poor girl, did Moose slam her head into the bathroom wall as well? Take her to the doctor, she may have a concussion. She should have that ice pack over her eye. Aw, I mean, Brandon's there licking and giving her a comforting lick on the face. He was really looking, licking at her face and neck. Like, did they put peanut butter on there? I mean, my gosh. I mean, he was licking her so much. I, I mean, if I were her, I would kind of like, okay, that's enough. No more. Please stop. I mean, I love you, Brandon, but I don't need a tongue bath from you. A little fight, Henry exclaims. Punky looks at them. You think I look bad? Get a load of my sandwich as she holds up her smashed... Actually, I put ham and cheese. I'm like, no, it was bologna and cheese. All right. Henry goes over to Punky and bends down in front of her, asking if she's all right. Punky tells him she's had better days. He leads her over to the couch, asking who did this to her. And she tells him, moose. And Henry looks shocked. You were attacked by a moose? Moose McGurk, Mike tells Henry. Her name is actually Melanie, but her friends call her Moose. What friends? That girl ain't got no friends. Only kids that live in fear or her enemies. What friends? Punky says, looking at Mike as she touches her black eye. He chuckles at this, explaining to Henry that the girl has been taking kids' lunches and how he tried to get a hold of the girl's parents, but they were in a, there in Alaska for survival training. Really? 
Then who's watching this kid? <laughs> Was she watching herself? Doesn't that school have a principal? Why isn't that person handling the situation? The parents of the victimized kids will be beating down the principal's door today if this happened today, and Moose will be likely expelled. Punky turns to Henry and tells him she's seen Moose's mother and how she looks like Rambo. Henry looks at Mike in horror as he informs Henry he will speak to the principal on what steps to take to prevent it from happening again. He tells Henry he will not teach at a school that allows fighting unless he gets combat, combat pay. Then Mike exits. Betty goes into nurse mode and looks at Punky, looks her over to assess her injuries. When Betty starts making pained noises as she examines Punky's eye, Henry goes into freakout mode himself, asking, Dear God, what is it? A black eye, Betty tells him matter-of-factly. He turns to Punky, he turns Punky's face to him and saying, Oh, Punky... Betty tells him to relax and explains that having raised three kids herself, all of them got into schoolyard scuffles, which is perfectly normal. Henry tells Punky he doesn't agree with fighting, and Punky tells him she couldn't help it. Moose, th <laughs> Moose threw her sandwich in the trash can. All that talk of wanting to eat it, and she just throws it in the trash to spite to spite Punky? I agree with Henry that fighting is not the answer, but the girl shoved Punky more than a few times before Punky had finally had enough and pushed back. Even if she did eventually engage, was she not s supposed to defend herself? He asked her why she didn't walk just walk away, and she tells him because she was still holding the sandwich. Henry tells them this moose person sounds like an animal. Punky tells Henry that Moose challenged me to another fight this Saturday. Henry stands tall and firm as he forbids Punky to fight, and she argues how she can't back down. I don't want to hear another word about it. No more fighting, he yells. But Henry, Punky pleads, I forbid it, Henry declares, the subject now closed. Punky to, er, guy, guys, ah! Betty tells Punky to go to the kitchen to refill her ice bag with fresh ice. Then she turns to Henry and tells him how Punky is standing up for something she believes in, and if he forbids her to fight, she may lose her self-esteem. If she fights, she may lose her teeth, Henry counters. Betty comes back with a, what is the point of having all your teeth if you're ashamed to show your face? That gets Henry thinking. Now we're in Punky's room as she's examining her black eye with a little mirror. Punky tells Brandon, asking, or turns to Brandon, asking how she's going to hide her awful black eye, and Brandon comes out of his doghouse, grabs a pair of sunglasses, and offers them to Punky, who puts them on. Henry asks to come in and asks if Punk, it, it's Punky Brewster under those sunglasses, as he pulls up a stool and she takes them off, saying, Yep, it's me. He asks her if her eye still hurts, and she says it's fine, but the black and blue part around it hurts. Henry tells her he panicked when he saw she was hurt, and she tells him that she panicked while she was getting hurt. All right, I want to play this clip of Henry telling Punky of the time that she was a, that he was a child and he came into a similar situation with a bully. All right, so I will be right back. Brandon, how am I gonna hide this awful black eye? <laughs> Yeah. Hey, may I come in? 
Sure, Henry. Is that Punky Brewster under those Foster Grants? Yep, it's me. Does your eye hurt? No, my eye is fine. Black and blue part of Rand is killing me. No, Punky, I panicked this afternoon when I saw you were hurt. That's funny. I panicked while I was getting hurt. The most precious thing in my life. The thought of anything bad happening to you scares me to death. Frankie, I've been remembering a time when I had to confront a school bully. A brute of a boy named Norbert Noodleman. But everyone called him No Neck. No Neck Noodleman? He was always hassling me. He'd say, Look who's here, Henry Wormy Mouth. <laughs> Wormy Mouth? <laughs> It wasn't funny then, and it isn't funny now. <laughs> Finally, I realized that the only way to make No Neck stop was to square off with him. So I sent away for the Charles Atlas Guide to Bodybuilding. Who's Charles Atlas? He was the Arnold Schwarzenegger of my generation. In two weeks, I bulked up from a 90-pound weakling to a 92-pound tower of determination. Holy mackinoli! Then the next time he had the gall to call me wormy mouth, I hit him with this. And then I hit him with this. And the next thing I knew, he was running away with a bloody this. Way to go, Henry. You must have felt great. Well, it was exhilarating for a while. Then later I felt sad. Why? Because I learned that even though you may be justified, it never feels good to hurt another person. Lou seems to get a kick out of it. Somebody has to stand up to her. Uh, yes, I know. I just wish it didn't have to be you. Henry, are you unforbidding me to fight? I'm giving you the latitude to make your own decision. If you can avoid a fight, please do. But if you can't, Give her your best shot. Thanks, Henry. Now get some sleep. Sweet dreams. Henry? Yes? Do you still have that Charles Atlas book? I'm afraid not. Just asking. I'm back. I hope you enjoyed the clip and maybe learned a lesson from punk or from Henry's story. Um, I just listened to the playback and I apologize if it sounds semi echoish because I am actually in the family room right now instead of the living room, just because uh, it's warm in there with the the door closed and if I have the door open because my desk there is so close to the door you're gonna hear all the traffic going past the house and it's it's just gonna interfere with everything all right Punky tells Henry that Moose must get a kick out of hurting people and tells him how someone should stand up to her Henry says he wishes it didn't have to be her and Punky asks if he is 
unforbidding her to fight. He tells her he's giving her the latitude to make her own decision. He tells her if she can avoid a fight, please do. But if you can't, give her your best shot. She tells him thanks, and they kiss goodnight. I love how Henry always says sweet dreams. As Henry turns to go to turn out the light, Punky asks if he still has that Charles Atlas book, and he tells her no, he doesn't. All of a sudden, it dawns on Punky, who calls out to Brandon, who needs Charles Atlas when you've got when your personal friends with marvelous Marvin Hagler. Now we get a fun montage of Punky learning self-defense moves from Marvelous Marvin at the gym. She asks him if he could give her some pointers on how to box before 2 o'clock. So I take it it's the Saturday of the big fight. She, so he tells her that's a pretty tall order to teach her everything he knows in three hours. But he'll give it his best shot and tells her when she's done, she'll be known as the KO Kid. Knockout Kid. They start doing jumping jacks. The moving your arms from side to side, we see her doing the head, shoulders, knees, and toes, stretching them as she tries to do push-ups. I suck at those myself. Then we see Brandon also in the ring doing push-ups, too. Next, she does sit-ups. Ugh, trying to do those on a gym floor during calisthenics and PE in junior high and high school was nuts. I hated that stuff. She's actually doing a good job. Maybe that man on the ring is providing cushion and support. Next, they move on to jump rope, and here's where Punky is struggling because she needs to lift both her feet up at the same time like she's hopping over a rope. Then she's burning calories on an exercise bike. She tries her hand at the speed bag while being up on Marvelous Marvin's shoulders as she takes turns with her fist punching the bag. Then she and Marvelous practice sparring in the ring. We see Brandon by the side of the ring wearing boxing gloves, cheering Punky on as he barks. Aw, what a supporter. Next, we see a sign advertising the fight between Moose McGurk and Punky Brewster. It reads, Alan Anderson Enterprises presents Mean Moose McGurk and Punky Power Brewster. Then at the bottom, it says $1 tax deductible. Deductable. <laughs> Get a load of this boy's hair. Alan's promoting the fight, and his hair looks like he stuck it in a light socket, or Bride of Frankenstein hair. It's so wild, I love it. Actually, he's just impersonating his idol, Don King, as he advertises the fight, taking a dollar from kids entering the backyard. Punky comes out of the apartment building, and Cherry asks where she's been. She tells her she's been taking lessons from Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Cherry asks what she learned. And Punky tells her that I can't box. I, I don't know. I thought she was doing okay. I mean, she only had three hours to learn the basics. Margo asks what Marvelous said, and she tells Margo, Punky, you can't box. Well, at least he was honest. Cherry pleads with Punky not to go through with the fight, and Punky tells her she has to. But Moose will kill you, Cherry tells her. You don't know that, Cherry. Maybe not. I heard she warmed up by hitting sides of beef, Cherry warns her. All right, girl, you've been watching too much Rocky. You mean like in Rocky? Punky nervously asks. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I just said that, and then Punky said that. Yeah, only this beef was still alive, Cherry explains. Really? Was she punching cows? Suddenly, Moose shows up in the backyard, and the kids part like the Red Sea as she passes through. All right, I'm here. Let's get the slaughter on the road, Moose announces, making her grand entrance. Punky pulls up her shirt sleeve, preparing herself. I'm going to play this clip as Margot pleads to Punky to 
back out, or <clears throat> plates to Punky to back out, telling her she doesn't have to do this, and Punky admits that someone has to stand up to Moose, or she'll keep terrorizing all the kids at the school. All right, I will be right back. Play that clip. Punky, where have you been? Taking boxing lessons from marvelous Marvin Hagler. Wow, what did you learn? That I can't box. Oh, come on! What did Marvelous say? He said, Punky, you can't box. <laughs> Punky, don't go through with this. But I have to, Cherry. But Moose will kill you. I heard she warmed up this morning by hitting sides of beef. You mean like in Rocky? Yeah, only this beef was still alive. <laughs> okay. I'm here. Let's get the slaughter on the road. Punky, you can still call this off. No way. Somebody's got to stand up to her. Or she'll keep picking on you, and you, and every other kid at our school. <laughs> Punky's so brave. Yeah, I'm really gonna miss her. Okay, Moose. I'm ready. Don't worry, this won't take long. Take my advice, twerp. Stay down before you get hurt. No way. Every time you push me down, I'm gonna get back up. And I'm gonna keep getting back up till you stop picking on people. Every time you take somebody's lunch, you're gonna have to go through me to get it. Now, are you willing to do that every day for the rest of your life? Sure. <laughs> Hold it, Moose. After you go through Punky, you're gonna have to go through me. Okay. After you go through Cheery, you're gonna have to go through... Alan. <laughs> right! <laughs> telling Moose she'll have to go through Punky before she'll let her take a kid's lunch. And Moose doesn't back down. Then Cherry, Alan, and all the other kids back Punky up. Clearly, they've had enough of being bullied. Moose tells them, no fear, I can't fight all of you. Really? Hasn't stopped you before. And who are you to decide what's fair, Moose? Or should I say, Melanie? I bet that she either reformed or was asked to leave by the principal. What do you guys think? Punky asks her, what do you say, Moose? And Moose points to the sky, saying, look, a duck! And then she turns tail and runs out of the yard. All the kids laugh. Ellen declares her, Punky, the little weight champion of the fourth grade, and the kids all cheer, and Cherry and Margot 
uh, lift Punky onto their shoulders as they all shout, Punky Power, Punky Power, Punky Power. Well, Punky Peeps, that was a great first episode to kick off Season 2. Here's my Brandon Tailwag episode rating. I'm giving it 5 out of 5 Brandon Tailwags. 1 for Mike's appearance as Punky's 4th grade teacher. 2 for Betty and Henry's golfing outfits. They really look cool. 3 for Henry telling Punky his story about facing down a bully. Four, for Brandon at the gym with his boxing gloves on, there's really they're really starting to humanize him now. And five, for Punky standing up to Moose and the other kids rallying behind her. All right, here's words from Lauren, my all-time Punky pal, on this episode of The KO Kid. I love how Mike is introduced as Punky's fourth grade teacher. He carries his compassion for kids over from Fenster Hall into the classroom seamlessly. I love when Mike tells Henry after he brings Punky home after the fight that he wants combat pay. Alright, right, here's some comments from the KO Kid episode on YouTube. Aw, look at how Brandon is comforting Punky by licking her face. Punky was such a brave girl. Yeah, she and the kids stood up to Moose, and she backed down. Yeah, that's because all the bullies are cowards. Oops. I've got to say, Punky Brewster is a pretty cool show, but Punky is a pretty loving kid and shows us how to believe in ourselves. This truly shows that you should stick up for yourself. Come on, everyone, and stick up for what you believe in and yourself. And today, this episode is irrelevant. Zero tolerance for school bullies. Moose can get a criminal record today. All right, time for Punky's principles. I don't always, I don't agree with violence. Yes, it's easy to tell someone to walk away, but once you find yourself in their shoes, only then can you see it's not easy to do the right thing sometimes. I've never been in a physical fight before, and knowing myself as an adult, I would use my words and not my fists. Words cut deeper than physical blows. Wounds will heal, but words stick and can do serious damage. I was teased all through school for being in special education. I was called ugly. In high school, someone had started writing on the ba- inside the bathroom stalls that I was gay on the bathroom walls. I was a freshman when that happened, and that hurt me so bad. I kept to myself, and that the fact that someone had written these lies about me for other people to see, this continued on for years until through my uh, senior high school, or my senior year of high school, and, you know, they would just paint over it. I would tell my dad, my grandma, and my dad got so angry that he threatened to go down there and paint over it himself if the school didn't do anything about it. The worst thing about that was that eventually after I had gotten out of high school, I found out from a friend that an old friend of mine was the one who was mainly behind the crude slurs. Alright, time to give a shout out to some Punky Power listeners. We have Santiago, Chile, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Melbourne, Florida, Lakewood, Ohio, Hoist, Germany, Wolfboro, New Hampshire, Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, Portland, Oregon, Phoenix, Arizona, College Park, Maryland, Los Angeles, California, Sherwood, Arizona, and Brooklyn, New York. 
I want to give a sincere thank you to all you listeners out there, whether you listen to this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or any other listening platforms that you may use to hear this podcast. I love giving you the episode recaps of Punky Brewster every week, joining me as I go into full detail describing her many adventures and shenanigans with Henry, Brandon, and her friends, as well as my occasional running commentary and stories. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, listen, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. The more rates and reviews this podcast gets, the easier it will be for other people to see that it's out there. So tell your friends. This is a family-friendly podcast to be listened to by all. Also, check out my social media sites, which you can access using the links on my SoundCloud account, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. I post throughout the week listener and episode trivia questions for upcoming episodes on my social media sites. If you'd like to become an honorary Punky Peep of the Week, crown and all, plus you get a shout out on the podcast, all you got to do is answer them. <coughs> my um, links to my social media Punky Brewster accounts, they're all listed on SoundCloud. The links will take you right to them. Also, my Gmail account, if you guys want to email me, tell me your thoughts on Punky Brewster, what she means to you as a child or as an adult. Join me next Monday, August 7th, for Season 2, Episode 2, Punky's Treehouse, which aired on September 22nd, 1985, where Punky and Mike gather her friends and along with Henry and Betty to build a treehouse in the backyard. It's all about working together on a project and seeing it through to completion. Keep on shining your punky power and I will see you all next Monday. Bye bye!